Welcome, welcome to episode 18, BC Banter on the Heights, the weekly Boston College podcast hosted by myself, Brett Ryder, and Pete Collins. Today we review Zay's record-setting season finale and beginning to digest the 2022 season as a whole um, as we name some prestigious banter winners and looking ahead to 2023. But as always, first, Pete, how are you feeling? I'm feeling thankful um, just to keep it thematic. We just got off of Thanksgiving. We're recording this on the 28th. I'm thankful that we don't have to watch this team anymore. Uh, but at the same time, very sad, too, because uh, we no longer get to see Zay Flowers tear up Alumni Stadium. BC Hall of Famer, for sure. Uh, what a roller coaster this season was. Emotional lows, random surprise wins, disappointment mixed with anger, and just a little sprinkle of joy. I'm most disappointed that we haven't had any firings yet. Um, <laughs> as you said, it's, it's Monday. You figured that uh, there should have been some meetings yesterday. If not yesterday, they probably should have happened on the first day of business today. Uh, haven't haven't had anything come out yet, so I'm a, a little disappointed in that. Overall, very more so sad about the season. Um laying it to rest it's been as some of the pun as a pundit had put out there uh that bc is the most disappointing uh team in the country so i don't know if you can hang the banner for that but it is it is a sad sad state of affairs for for the eagles um obviously you know we ended we ended the season with syracuse uh the one the one thing i will say about it uh we finally <laughs> scored some points on our first drive hey. so uh you know i feel like if we, if we if we had a little if we had a little hand 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 clapping thing to go in here that that's where it would go uh so i mean dude they came out the gates very very aggressively um really looked like they wanted to beat the shit out of syracuse and you know after they went six and oh send them home six you know oh and six so that was that was cool to see the start. Uh, obviously, BC going to BC. Um, we can get into that, but yeah. So from that from that perspective, uh, the way they came out was awesome, and obviously they they wilted per usual. But yeah, it happens, right? Yeah, I mean, way too much credit given to the offense scoring on their first drive. Uh, is strip sack, and then you went six plays, uh, what four yards or something like that, fourteen yards, and kicked a twenty eight yard field goal. Um, so yeah, defense came out strip sack first time they didn't, you know, I think it's the fourth time all year, four out of 12 times. So the third of the time you don't allow a score pretty miserable. Nice to at least turn it over. But like I said, for the first time, your offense scores to be basically handed the field goal. I kind of look at it as a fail that they didn't score the touchdown, but we'll always be critical of this team. This team gave us nothing to uh, be optimistic about besides say flowers. So, um, but yeah, credit where credit's due opening drive. Uh, you scored. Yay. Fast start for BC standards. They, they followed up with a touchdown on the next drive, right? I believe. Yeah. Cause they were up 10, nothing. Yeah. I think that was off a, uh, that was off a, what's it called? Turnover too, wasn't it? Uh, we blocked the punt. Yeah. Blocked the punt. And then that was the TD to Zay. So yeah, I mean, Special team defense turnover, special teams 
forced a great field position. Offense kicks a field goal, scores a touchdown. So yeah, that's a good football team. If they can keep doing that over and over again, it's just like you said, it, it falls apart at some point. And that was the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, uh, pretty bad, man. Um, what what they go? What was it? Twenty or yeah? Was it sixteen? Would they go up sixteen to three, sixteen to six when Garo scored? Is that was that what the score was at that point? Before the onslaught of points. Uh, I believe so. Yeah, it was ten six. Morehead drove the field, made a great pass to Zay. Garo rushed it up the middle, seventeen six. Yep. Yeah, I was feeling good after that. I'm like Gar Garbo is getting in on it. We're up 17-6. Looking well. <laughs> then they scored 26 or sorry, 20 points. Yeah, just no, wait 26. for Halfley to make his halftime adjustment where he he adjusts everything the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, except it was in the it, yeah, it was must have been a must have been a mid fourth quarter adjustment or something. Yeah, because he might comes out after halftime. I mean, in the second half, they scored every time, right? In the second half? Yeah, 12 plays 83 yards, 8 plays 81, 373, 6 for 37, 2 for 33, all of them TD, 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 TD. First one was a field goal, sorry. They went field goal, touchdown, 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 and then one play kneel down to end the game. Those were their possessions. Yikes. That's yikes. Like, what did you do at halftime, Halfley? No halftime mm. adjustment, Halfley. Or a halftime adjustment, Halfley, but for the other team. Yeah. Yeah. Four, 443 total, total <laughs> yards, 285 passing, 180. 158 rushing and they had this is pretty pretty bad 6.7 yards per play jesus christ they had a 58 yard touchdown and bc so was whole... seven they were seven of yeah but that's that's still 6.7 yards yards per play is pretty atrocious dude that's um, nuts. bc was seven of 14 on third down efficiency God damn it, dude. This, yeah. That was a piss poor showing. I'll tell you, man. Well, the only thing that they did do right was force the ball to Zay at the end of the game. I mean, they forced it to him. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, Zay is getting his touchdown, baby. First of all, 900 passes to Broom to to get down the field. Like, they couldn't just pass it like a normal passing offense. They had to like let all the receivers run down the field and then Brum goes eight yards downfield, dumps it to him, dump it to him, dump it to him. And, and granted he caught him and ran for yak and got them down there and they did score to, to Zay. So, you know, poo poo in my face because look, it, it worked, but uh, man, it just didn't look great. It was funny though. Cause at the very end, they threw it to Zay trying to force him that touchdown and they stuffed him. And Zay almost like looked like he talked to the defense, like guys, I don't know if he was saying, like, F you, I'm trying to break the all-time record here, let me in the end zone, or if he was saying, thank you, because I have another shot, and by catching this ball, I'll actually tie the single-season record. Had I caught a touchdown on that last play, I yeah. wouldn't have even had the chance to br- break the record. So I didn't know if he was thanking them or or giving them the old, come on, this game's over, let me break a record. I, this could be a million-dollar 
million dollar catch right here. Whether I have the record yeah. or on the NFL big board, you know, that might move you up a couple spots. So um yeah. cool to see him break the record though and tie the all-time single season reception record with 78. So yeah, 78, yeah. I wish he had like 200 something yards and just and just broke all of them, but <laughs> yeah. No such luck. That would have been cool. Still, his numbers were that of a wide receiver in the NFL that plays 17 games. You know, 78 catches. I think he went over a thousand yards, right? And then 11. Yeah, TVs, he's only right? he's only the fourth receiver to do so. Yeah, so like he's out here shining like an NFL player, playing 12 games with Emmett Moorhead, starting four of them, and Phil starting eight of them. Imagine what he could do with someone who can sling. Oh my God! Imagine mm. how many touchdowns are not on the board because of those two quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He probably has twenty tutties this year on a, on like you know Georgia or something. I don't know. I just picked a random team. You know, put him on Ohio and see what he does. Holy crap! I can't wait to watch him next year. On Sunday, yeah, I can't wait to watch him on the Pats, dude. Yep, he's coming here. I swear to God, you heard it here first. Yep, Zappy gives be, up number like four. Third round. Yeah. You yeah. think third round? I think second round. Either way. Some were talking even see, late I first. Yeah. I think it's way too high. I'm Just, sure he's but nah. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, dude, AJ Dillon was like a fourth was a projected fourth round pick and he went at the end of the second. So I could see a team, I could see like a team either reaching up or you know, I could see it being feasible that he's like a late first round pick. I was I thinking be, so too. I would be shocked. I would be shocked for or not shocked. Uh, I would be surprised a little bit just because of his uh height. Uh you know, you you are moving up to the next level. Um but he he has known to jump over people that are taller and bigger than him. So he, mm-hmm. he does seem like that guy who nothing, you know, there's no real barrier in his way. It's just how is he going to get around that barrier is more of the right. question. Uh, but he, knock on him. He's not over six feet tall. He's not one of these big, tall guys that's coming out, out of the draft. So if you were, you know, might have to knock him a peg or two down the wide receiver list for being more of a slot scat type of wide receiver, but He'll go over the top and just beat you with speed. You don't need to jump high if you got two, six yards of separation on you. So we'll see. I'm interested to see where he goes. But yeah, definitely one through three. That's the round to look for Zayf. Even even from uh, even from sc- total scrimmage yards, he's uh, eighth. He's eighth overall in the program's history. Yeah, because he gets some carries too. Not yeah. like he does a whole lot with those carries, but you know he gets them. Not so much anymore. He used to that no. his fresh. They wasted him his freshman year, just fucking running jet end sweeps with him all the time. Is so fucking stupid. He had twenty seven attempts, hundred ninety five yards. I think he, his touchdown was like the first his like first carry of his career. It was actually sick. Um, but yeah. He he's the man. <laughs> he's this this guy's great. You know who isn't great is uh, Syracuse. What bum team that is. Meaning not from like a standpoint, from like a character standpoint. Uh, <laughs> don't fucking punch our players. They they got a penalty. They were about to score at the end of the half, and they punched Azaraku. Now, granted, Azaraku yeah, clearly wanted to smoke. 
Yeah, Hezaraku wanted to smoke all game because Hezaraku ended up throwing some bows at the end of the game, uh, post game on the middle of the field. He's, he starched them, dude. Yeah, yeah, but did you see what they did? They took their flag, their big yeah, ass they... fucking flag, and tried to plant it in the center field of our field. I mean, if I'm on like a, if I'm out there just casually, I'm I'm pissed. If I'm trying to see the other team go out there and just stake their flag in the middle, like like pierce our ground with their flag, yeah, you mm. beat us at the end of the, like, whoop the freaking do! Don't pierce our. That's so disrespectful in my opinion, and I would be fired up to the sense where there'd be some shoving going on if you're doing that. And I'm on that BC football team. So I don't like that punches punching. What are you punching a helmet for guys? I mean, that's a good way to break your hand and and hurt your career, uh, which could be profitable for you. Like, I don't understand that point, but yeah, yeah some shoving and some FUs and some, I'll see you next year's like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Get fired up. It. Let's spank I- them next year. Yeah, I don't blame Syracuse for doing that shit, though. I think it's hilarious, but I, they better respond. You know what I mean? Because, like, after they did that, after they tried planting their flag, if you don't come out and stop them, then then you're kind of an idiot. So, yeah. Oh, they're idiots. They better come way. back. They better. They better come out and they better smoke them. Um, That's for next year. It'll be in Syracuse, too. So, like, you can do, you can do the same shit to them. Yeah, but see, I think you got to rise above that. You bring your flag and you don't plant it in center field. You just win and you wave it respectfully on your sideline and be like, see, this is how you do it. Not only did we win, but we're doing it respectfully. I'm not a big fan of just disrespecting for the sake of disrespecting. I'd I'd rather like taunt like, you know, some verbal jabs and some like, like, look, check out the scoreboard and some like actual like look at what we did on the field type stuff. Not look at how I can disrespect your logo. I think it's rude. Yeah. It's rude, but I don't know. I I, I kind of like it, dude. Like, I like ignite, the feistiness. Ignites a little passion in between both teams. Like, I'm all for it, especially where we don't have to look like the a holes. We're we're just the victims that defended ourselves. Like, I'll take that. I'll I'll go for a little yeah. rivalry all day with yeah. the other team. I feel like is the a hole. I just never want to be the a hole as the team. Yeah, like I like being the underdog that got disrespected, so we can have something to be fired up about to kick their ass. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay with them. I'm I, I I kind of like I see it as it's it's like a good thing, like ignite a little little bit more because yeah. BC doesn't really have a rival in football, so we could use. I it. don't really mind it at all. I don't mind well, it at all. I think it's good. Well, if we can take two takeaways from this year, is I would really like to hand it to Cuse next year, and wouldn't it be nice to uh, stomp out UConn next year if we even do? We, are they even on the schedule next year? Probably I think not. it's next year. I think it might be. I think it's. It might be. Or it might be twenty twenty five. Well, anyway, we can. I, I is on the top. As of you my make list. your point, I, I'll I'll look it up. Cuse is on the top of my list. That's it. As I just if, honestly if like I, I think it's hilarious, dude. Um, I do think it. I think it's daunt. The reason why I think it's stupid is because like you beat a three and nine football team, and then you're gonna do it like, like, like when uh. Like when Michigan did it against Ohio State, like I thought that was fucking awesome. Or when Oklahoma did it when what's his name? Um Baker Mayfield did it back in the day to Ohio State. Like, yeah, it's mad disrespectful, but it's on it's like I like I like that type of shit. But uh, you know, when you're beating a big team like that, sure, do it. But like the I mean, like, all right. So if Syracuse did that to Clemson, I would have so much res- I would be I would like it. 
but the fact that they did it to to us it's like all right dude like you guys you guys are actually like huge ass clowns for that so yeah i agree i agree with you in that sense that it's because of like who they're it's like you guys got up for that and did that to us for what like what did that do you know like how'd that work yeah, out two bum Beat a fucking three and nine football team yeah, yeah. have so fun like, in your bowl that's game. that that that's goofy and you got snuffed by his iraq boo so that's hilarious as well yeah, and he'll be back next year to to play against you too. So watch out; he won't forget. Yeah, he's the best player on the team. Um, all right, real quick. So next year, oh, we do have UConn. Next year, we have Northern Illinois, Holy Cross, Army, and UConn. So UConn nice. is on the schedule next year. Yeah, re- revenge tour next year. UConn and, and Cuse. I want them both. And we can hopefully just beat the shit out of Holy Cross. That'll be sick. Yeah. <laughs> always love, always love beating up on them. Um, so let's see here. Uh, I had, I had something. I, I pulled something up. My computer's not loading. So you know what? That that's a good sign that we're gonna <laughs> uh, keep this keep this train rolling. So as we've talked about 2015, 2012, 2022, all all three bullshit uh trash teams. Oh, actually, you know what? Rewind that a little bit. Actually, never mind. Uh disregard all that. Fuck it. I I already missed my time. We're on 2012, 2015, 2022. All right. <laughs> I had I pulled some red zone numbers, but who gives a fuck dude this team sucks that does it does anyone care not really all right we're moving on <laughs> so uh total offense total offense in 2012 uh they passed for 349 yards a game uh 2015 they passed for 275 wow you're super trash the 2022 team passed for 310 yards a game so they were right they were like in between um really shitty teams that's 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 good um uh kind of i guess ranking wise and i know we've gone through this before so 2012 their offense was 111th out of 124 uh 2015 was 121 out of 128 and this year's team was 122nd out of 131 good question Um, for you did you say 310 yards a game passing this year yeah, no yards per game. Oh, I was sitting here screwing my head on trying to figure out how the heck we got 310. 310 yards sounds much more accurate. I'm I'm sorry for interrupting you there. Good, sir. You're good. That's including rushing, so that's absolute trash. The only right. rush for 60-something yards a game, which is fucking terrible. But um, so out of the three teams, this one ranked the worst out of the three of them. Mm. So that that's awesome. Awesome. Um, and so the the on the defense for 2012, they allowed 456 yards a game. Uh 2015 allowed 254. And <laughs> this year's team allowed 377 yards per game. So in terms of scoring and scoring defense, um, interesting enough. So 
the 2015 team, obviously, they they only allowed 15 points a game. They were fourth out of 128. But what was interesting is that the 2012 team allowed 456 yards per game. They gave up 29.7 points a game, yet they were only ranked or they were ranked 76 out of 124. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that or what's up with that. But uh, this year's iteration allowed. 30.3 points a game and they were a hundred and third. So, so this, yeah, but the, so this team by is by far the worst defensively out of the three of them. Um, numbers wise. Um, so, okay. So here, here's something that I was like, Holy shit, dude, let's go. This is, this just, this goes right into my, my whole agenda against how bad this team is. Um, so we've highlighted how bad 2015 was. They obviously did not have a quarterback. They, they used the wide receiver as a quarterback virtually because Jeff Smith ended up becoming like a wide receiver after. But, uh, so that team, that team, 2015 points for, <clears throat> was 206 this team points for was 213 so this team having a quarterback and all only was able to score an extra touchdown all season <laughs> point six more all points season. per game <laughs> half a point per game yeah it was it was what it equated to they scored seven more points over the course of the season same record and two and six in ACC play versus zero and eight, so maybe you just did better against better teams. I don't know. It's hard. I think that they have worse stats than any of those other three teams. Yet I, I would rather take a three and nine record with two and six ACC play. Like if I had to go back and not, no, I'll um, take that team. So which one? Which one's that one? The twenty fifteen team. Yeah, because their defense was ill. Yeah, dude, their defense was fucking sick. Yeah, I mean, if you let up 30 points a the game defense versus 15, was fun. they were twice as good. They were literally twice as good as this year's defense, and the offense was a touchdown better. So, yeah, that team, if you took 2015's team and you put them in 2022, they would perform way better this year uh, than the 2022 team actually did. Yeah, I mean, I just like, like Tuddy's. If you look at like their, yeah, dude. If, if you look at their games, nine, like they lost fourteen to nothing. They also lost nine to seven. They lost three to nothing. They lost thirty-four to seventeen, seventeen to fourteen, twenty-six to ten, twenty-four to eight, nineteen to sixteen, twenty to seventeen. Like every game was decently close. I mean, the only game that they really uh, they lost by two touchdowns to was Clemson. It's funny because like that was like their that was like probably their I think it was yeah their highest output outside in in ACC against ACC teams was seventeen and did it against Clemson so that's awesome, um, yeah this team's really fucking bad huh this team sucks yep. <laughs> they're one of the the one of the worst the, I this mean the t- worst team ever is nineteen seventy eight oh and eleven right but outside of like your grandpa's team uh. This is the worst, one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in recent memory. Yeah, this is the worst team since the nineties. This is probably this team's probably worse than those teams in the nineties too. And you highlighted the difference being the quarterback. I mean, 
we had two quarterbacks this year. One started eight games, one started four games, but uh, their stats, you wouldn't be able to tell. They both threw for 60%. They both threw for over 1,000 yards. Emmett had 1,254 to Phil's 1,700. And they both threw for 10-plus TDs. And uh, so, I mean, Phil had 11 TDs, 8 picks. Emmett had 10 and 6. So fairly comparable, although Phil did have twice as many games started. Uh, Emmett did play all 10 in a way, I guess. He was available all 10, just didn't play. Um, I don't know. Emmett, Phil, hindsight? Got any thoughts for us? Uh, Yeah, I mean... Phil's just like a disaster. Um, he's clearly, clearly hurt or mentally hurt or something. Something's up there. Um, the thing with the thing with Moorhead, I think, is that he has to clean up a lot. Um, mm. He there's a lot of his game. He's gonna need to clean up. Um, I'm. At this point, willing to chalk it up so that he's a redshirt freshman. It was his first real game action. So yeah. I'm not, you know, gonna be too critical of him. But yeah, I mean, he if if he's going to be the starting quarterback of the Boston College Eagles next year, like he's gonna have to really um clean a lot of stuff up. But uh Phil is it's I mean, dude, they had like the same numbers in half the games. That's what I mean. More or less. Uh, they started pat. I mean, they, they started really passing. started. They started passing way more with Emmett. Um, but he he just. I mean, his the throw. He did have glimpses where Phil did not have glimpses. Mm-hmm. Um, like the eyesight test says Emmett wins clearly. Yeah, but the stats don't necessarily yeah. say anything super clear. Not right now, but also, I mean. You're, I mean, as I've seen you're compared to a freshman when your stats are that fucking close, it's like, oh shit. So, like, yeah, so this <laughs> this kid's actually better than you. Well, also, <laughs> with the, the same situation, you know, the mentality of a quarterback, too, when you're the starting, when you're Phil, is every week I go to practice, this is my job, I prepare, then I go play. Whereas Emmett's mentality was, this is how I get the other quarterback ready through the practice, you know, like I, he's basically there. As a practice quarterback, he's not expecting to play. Then he's thrust into a game against UConn. Then all of a sudden, he's thrust into the starter role. So he now has to prepare for a game that's his for the first time and that the game plan is based around him. So I think offseason where his mentality is, I'm the QB. And then going in week to week where he's the QB and he has, like, you know, it's it's on his shoulders, so to speak. Um, that responsibility and that year of prep and the year of experience or those four or five games of experience, hopefully you see, you know, progression. And any progression means he's then better than 2022 Phil. So I'm excited to see how he builds. Um, but eyesight test says Emmett won uh, stats. I guess you have to say Emmett won since he played in half the games and put up similar numbers um, and actually beat a ranked opponent. You know, his output was better there too. So if you're going to yeah. have a tilt or you're going to put them in a versus, Emmett wins that one. Yeah. But three... Years of eligibility left too, which is sweet. Yeah, I mean, he had no O line, no seniors really on the O line, you know. So I'm interested if he gets any protection next year. You know, even if he say the the O line gets an F this year, you can't even give him a D. Um, but say he gets like a C plus mm-hmm. offensive line, B minus offensive line next year, 
I'm excited to see what that might look like, especially since the run game will be available. If you have an offensive line, that's a C plus, you know, at least you can run the ball for more than 3.3 yards a carry or whatever the hell Gar was getting you. Um, it should, should open up some of the passing and the play action, which we <laughs> did you see them run a play action in like the last eight weeks? Yeah. If they did, it got stuffed in the backfield. And uh, uh, for the main reason of the defense didn't even bite on the running back, it, they just didn't went for the quarterback. Yeah, go ahead. Hand it to the running back. They'll get tackled in two seconds. So uh, yeah. they can institute the play action that they love to run. I was like looking over uh, some of the players for next year in terms of like an offensive line. And I can't really find like it's it's hard. It's hard finding five on this yeah. roster. Like and you shouldn't be I feel like when it comes to like a team, dude, like you shouldn't you shouldn't. I don't know. I feel like you should have you should be able to see five guys on here that that will play for you. And yeah, but right now you don't have five that. guys week to week, you know. So you like you get your injuries yeah. back, you institute them back in, and then you whatever you worked on this year, hopefully you can get a hopefully out of this year's combination rotation of injured and defensive linemen and walk-ons, you you pulled one to two serviceable, workable offensive linemen to work with over the offseason. That can be on your line. Mahogany, you know, I'm sure there's, sure there's a couple other injuries. Yeah, hopefully they can piece together a portal piece, a freshman. Who knows? That's the O-line, I think you can piece together. Over the offseason, I have more faith in that. Skill positions um, are what we can actually see right now and see how they could progress. I'm not too sure you can see anything with the O-line right now to to talk about besides cross your fingers and hope they get better. Yeah, well, even just the people that should be coming back, there's really Drew Kendall, Ozzy, if Mahog, like, I don't – I have a feeling Mahogany is probably going to transfer, but maybe like he would be the only other one. Kevin Pine, not Kevin Pine, Kevin Klein, and um, uh, Jack Connolly, who got a couple starts last year. But that's it, dude. I mean, they better hope that they better hope that there's some people that they can pay in the transfer portal because this ain't it, dog. Like you're a good offensive lineman, or let me just say, you think you're a good offensive lineman and you don't think that you're getting the shot that you deserve, come play for BC because you'll definitely get a shot to play. So hopefully somewhere out there, the recruiters are pitching this idea that, hey, you don't, you think you're the sixth O lineman, come be our first O lineman because, you know, we, you'll, you'll have a shot to play here. Um, so hopefully that's attractive to, to some teams that maybe even some teams like, you know, that, you're not really on the big scale and you want to go play at alumni, you know, against some big teams, you want to get a chance to play against ranked opponents. So you go be a big body for, uh, for, for BC. I think that they can, they could be attractive to someone in that way where there's nobody ahead of, of you on the depth chart is like your pitch to other, t- other players. Yeah. I mean, they better hope for that, but they <laughs> That's also, what I'm <laughs> they, they also cannot rely on like, that's, like that pitch itself isn't, it's not like, Oh yeah, come play for us. Like we're bullshit anyways. Cause they're going to be like, all right, well, I'm not going to really stand out. Cause we're all just going to suck collectively, you know? Well, so hopefully, for the good hopefully old line. there's some semblance. Hopefully they say, hey, look at, we have wide receivers. We have running backs. We have a quarterback. We literally all we're looking for here on the O is our O line. Like will you come yeah. be the missing piece to our well, offense. That- yeah, but that's but they they need multiple. They're gonna need multiple. They need four if mahogany leaves. If there, mahogany stays, they need four. 
there is not a there is not a missing a missing piece there's missing pieces well that's what i'm saying like if you're talking to an o-lineman and you're good and and i'm an o-lineman is good i'm like i might actually get to play like unless there's five people better than me i'm probably gonna play here so that's not a bad offer hopefully i mean we can we can squaggle all day about how the o-line will turn out wait and see we'll see how it goes but o-line is definitely the top priority as far as what group needs to advance between 2022 and 2023 o-line is priority number one yeah, it has to be. What's priority number two? Dude, there's there's a lot of priorities for this team. Yeah, but if you, you had to prioritize, basically, you pick two. Uh, I don't know. That's tough. I mean, back. Defensive back for me. They're losing way too many. They have Matry, Woodbay, Jones, DeBerry. You need to replace that. So defensive back's my hey. priority, too. Yeah. Yeah. They got a lot of skill receivers they gotta they gotta replace as well. I'm happy with their wide receiver core next year. Just with even just with what they have right now. I mean, obviously Zay Flowers is a perennial Hall of Famer. Yeah, you're also losing Gil, but I mean, who else are you losing? Gil was Gil non contributor. I like Joseph Griffin. He's going to be wide receiver one. I think Jaden Williams can come back. And then you have the wide receiver three between Dino, Johnson, and Bond. See what, what those three can do. Yeah, Maybe a freshman we, surprises you. We don't know that. First of all, we don't know he's coming back. And then say, those say other who? three, Jaden Williams. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, we could say that about every single You know player. what I mean? Yeah, but specifically him. Right, because of like, his when disappearance. We're talking... Yeah, and when we're talking about when we're talking about that uh receiving core as a whole, like that's there's a lot of question marks there. Just as I would say just as much as defensively, defensive backs. I because I just personally I'm more worried about defensive back with the elite senior group leaving. Whereas you have like who's left over of of actual people who played in your secondary, all that's left is Batson and Jackson. Uh, and that was and Jackson scraps. He played scraps this year. Batson's the only one who got play, and he only got tread at the end of at the end of the season because they recognized we can't have zero defensive backs with experience next year. That's how. Yeah, I but they but they also have a lot more defensive back recruits that have come in over wide receivers. So well, that's halfly. I mean, it's a bigger yeah, but it's a bigger question. It's just as big of a question mark. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I for me, it's equal. For me, it's not. For me, you, I have more. Faith you know, you're in lo- the... now. You don't have a tight end. You don't have tight ends huge. Because I mean, but like, why? Why do you have more faith in the in the receivers? Why? Because I actually got to yeah. see them play this year, and their output impressed me. Whereas I don't. All I saw was Batson for defensive backs. Although I'll give for the for a, a point against my own point is the where are we going to recruit and obtain talent at the highest level? It should be defensive backs based on Halfley's specialty and recruitment skills. So if there's one position that we can bounce back, losing four good seniors from it probably is the defensive back position. Just you're talking about your whole secondary, like your safeties, your corners, like every yeah. everyone. Um, and you're losing linemen, and you know how linemen affect the secondary. You get no pressure. Uh, then your cornerbacks have to cover longer and, and harder. So I just think that 
the wide receivers already showed you something. So you have something to work with. And granted, I never really even yeah, considered, I don't know why outside of Jaden Williams, but outside of, outside of Joe Griffin, who else is like Dino, Dino Tomlin played a little bit in like mop up time. Dino Tomlin actually Jayden played William pretty good. Yeah, but it was his... all mop up time. Taji Johnson, Lewis Bond are looking for that. But, I didn't ever consider Jaden Williams being a person they that never, they, they didn't really been... play that much. He didn't play um, since the Clemson game. He played every game up until the Clemson game, then disappeared. Um, yeah, yeah I, I didn't. I, I just assumed Taji and Louis Louis Bond like they didn't really play that much. So I'm not. I don't. I don't know what to expect out of them to be honest. Yeah, well, so they played a lot more than the defensive backs that we we've never seen, which is my point. They've all those wide receivers we're talking about. We can talk about them because we saw them in 2022. We can't talk about anyone on the defensive back. We can't talk about anyone because there's nobody to talk about. Who who do you want to name a defensive back that played in 2022 or that you're looking to make a leap forward in 2023 outside Batson and? I guess Amari Jackson, maybe mm. you're looking at CJ Burton to be like, mm. what did he do his first two years? And now he's going to perform. Yeah. I mean, you got no one to talk about. Yeah. The yeah. rebuild, complete rebuild defensive back, but I have the most faith in a complete rebuild in the defensive back position wide receiver. Yeah. You don't have much to work with, but you do have something that you've already said. You have a foundation that you started with. Like there's already a Griffin Moorhead connection. I'm, I already like that. Yeah. So, so I love that. I love that. That too, but as we saw this year, having one dope ass receiver is not gonna is not gonna be enough. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? Like their receiving mean... corps as a whole is 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 very very unknown. Like Louis Bond only played six games this year. Like he barely played. He didn't even play the full season. Nope. Most of those um, guys that I listed didn't then play who... the whole season. Most of those guys were were like Spencer Witter was a block and tight end. Jeremiah yep. Franklin, he got a little bit of burn, but he he didn't really do much. Like most nope. of these guys, like Huge. didn't really do a whole hell of a lot. And they had opportunities so, too because they were throwing the younger guys out there at the end of the season, and they didn't they didn't get yeah. tread, which is kind of a little bit of an alarming or a red flag. Um, but I like I said, I yeah. think you just we have we just named eight people that could catch balls next year. Will they do it well? Could, we don't know. We, yeah. But I think I I have more faith in Halfley coaching defensive backs than I do about any of these knuckleheads coaching the wide receivers. So oh, coaching advantage I think defensive. I back. would say. So I think like that's why, in my opinion, like priorities should be on the offensive side of the ball. We don't. We just have no idea who's going to fill in behind them next year. Like we we know the running back situation, that's but we clear. don't know the offensive line situation. We don't have, we don't know what the specialists are going to look like. Um, so, and then, and then after that, like, who's going to step up and be more of like the pass catching wide receiver next or running back next year. Like there's a, so, I mean, on both sides of the ball, there's so many questions. Yeah. But as Broom, Broom, same running back is going to be probably the starting running back. And that's if you're assuming Garwa leaves, I am too, but I also assume Jaden Williams would be back. So we can't go around assuming say Garwa and Broom lead the backfield with, uh, this the same running backs you had this year, maybe. Coleman and Barfield creep in. If Garwell becomes un- ineffective, that's if. And then if Garwell leaves, you got those two as your running back two three. That I mean, the running back. Yeah. I think you can paint the running back picture a lot easier. The wide receiver after wide receiver one, it's a lot of mysteries. After 
I mean, <laughs> mahogany than O line, lots of mysteries. Running back a little bit more clear. Emmett Moorhead's your quarterback. Defensive back, you have Batson as your only defensive back, and then you have Ezraku, Horsley, Cam Arnold, Bryce Steele, Blackwell, Netta, Bang. You know, you have a good returning line and linebacker core. Um, linebacker core probably the strongest out of any of them, but who knows? I think it's really wide receiver, defensive back. I mean, O line, wide receiver, defensive back are the three positions I highlighted. Yeah. Yeah, o line defensive back yeah. wide receiver. That's my order if I was to order them, but they're all priorities. Well, I'd say offensive line is one, and then the other two are far below at two and three. Bring in another quarterback, too. A little competition. I don't mind it. Yeah. yeah. Where's Peter? He had his <laughs> chance, dude. He hasn't done shit. He's going to class. Yeah, so I was wondering, do you think like the all these seniors leaving is like a good thing where you get to clean slate and wipe away this awful season, or is it uh holy shit, like we have we were bad this year, never mind the fact that we have to institute all these new people, we're just gonna get fucking worse. Where are you leaning? Yeah. Which one are I you mean, leaning? The best player. I mean the best players were all the seniors and they were pretty bad, so I don't know. It's it's probably holy shit, honestly. Yeah. I was hoping it was clean slate. I hope you were going to tell me clean slate and give me some hope because I'm right there with you. I'm like, oh, man, you lost your you lost probably the best talent to walk through here recently in Zay Flowers. You lost tons of seniors on your defense. You lost uh, – I mean, you have no O-line to carry over, so it's not like you gained experience on your on a struggling O line. It's like you didn't even get to get experience. Everyone was just hurt. Um so I think <laughs> unless there's some sort of miracle by the coaches and oh I hate the coaches too. So that's not gonna happen. I just think we're gonna rec- I I hope we don't regress, but I think we might regress next year. If that's possible. Or just stay the same, which is almost regression in itself when you have a young team that doesn't get any better. Yeah. Could be oh, more of the same. Either way, though, could be clean slate and we get a lot better. It's like get rid of all these people. Like the defense let up 30 points a game. One of the worst defenses that we can remember as far as points allowed. I know the offenses, the offense often turned the ball over and gave them horrible field position. But still, you mentioned the yards. The yards are are poor, too. So maybe you look at it and you get Mm -hmm. some fresh talent in here and you get a new outlook. Like we don't let up 30 points a game because we've never played together as a unit. So fresh start. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. We'll see, man. It's it's dire dire straits here right now. It's not looking too too promising, honestly. Running back game is the only thing I can take from this year that looks good, you know. I'm gonna be excited to see what Brome does next year. I'm gonna be excited to see, you know, I know that the other two running backs, Barfield and Coleman, they're not exactly uh high prospects for BC, but uh, I'm excited to see what the running back tandem is going to look like next year and hopefully get more rush yards because the rushing game was just so bad this year. I read an article or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, Garwell's 25 carries for 85 yards or whatever it was. It was approximate. It was like his best running game of the year. I'm like, that's shit. That's so many carries yeah. for no for getting nowhere. Ugh. The fact that whoever's writing that article had no clue that that was a bad performance just made me frustrated. It's like his highest output of the year. Sick. 
Because Brum only got four carries. Yeah, because the only Brum got four carries because it was senior day. Yeah, like, hey, Brum, like, Garo, uh, you know, he's going to, I know he's not a senior, but maybe uh, like me and you are thinking it's his last hurrah with, with BC. So, um, why do we think that? But I mean, I, I, I've been thinking that the whole season. I, Garbo can come back just as easily. He just might not be the, the role that he wants to play in. I think he's going to transfer to try to have a bigger yeah. role. Yeah. Uh, but why would he have a better role, role better situation? Else? Yeah. Maybe an better situation. Because he's going to be a senior yeah. next year, right? Yeah, well, he's a senior. He's a redshirt junior, so technically it was his senior day. Um, right. I guess I meant more so like uh, last year of eligibility. He's a fifth, He's going to go into his fifth year. He's going to be a fifth-year senior next year. That's the best way of saying it. Yeah, yeah. But, like, nah, dude, why the fuck? Why would he? I would go somewhere. He was an all. He was an all-conference running back last year. And then this year he got, like, 400 yards. <laughs> Like, he was a he was a thousand yard rusher last year. Yeah, so he's just he was like their best. He was he was like their best. He was like their most consistent and probably best offensive player for a lot of last year. Mm. Well, for like the majority of the season, he was. Well, mystery there. At least we know we got a quarterback. Emmett's not going anywhere. Mm. I want to hand yeah. out some awards. Yeah. Get some positivity in our life. <laughs> we should have done like uh the Dundees where we handed out like uh biggest idiot of the year award and stupidest play, like <laughs> made them all horrible awards <laughs> instead of like good award. <laughs> like when like when Michael gives the Dundee for like smelliest bathroom trip to Kevin. <laughs> it's like a slap in the face award. Yeah. <laughs> I think we I think we I think we both have have the same same MVP. I I have I have this weird uh, feeling oh. we both picked the same player for it. I hope Zay Flowers uh Hall of Fame BC wide receivers ties the single season catches record, breaks the single season touchdown and all-time career touchdown, breaks the yardage all-time record, breaks the all-time reception record. Um why not carries the ball 12 times for 57 yards two on top of all all of his mm-hmm. 1077 receiving yards just an amazing year amazing to watch him run past defensive backs be utilized in almost every fashion of the game from running to screen plays to short routes to mid routes to deep routes uh they even had him he tried it he was a team player he tried punt returning just didn't work out for him and good for mm-hmm. the coach or him or whoever said enough is enough maybe it's not my best Skill set, take me off there. Um, broke the single season record for reception and TDs, like I said, broke all these records. Uh, is going to be an NFL draft pick. MVP, Zay Flowers. It'll be the first BC NFL draft or BC wide receiver NFL draft pick since the 80s, too. Hmm. Fun fact. Yeah. So I wish I wish we didn't waste this four years on bullshit, but here we are. <laughs> too bad so what an electric he was one of the most electric players i've ever watched here he might be the most electric honestly i was just thinking i don't know anyone more electric because electric is a very specific word you're not saying best or any or anything like that you're just saying electric Mm. i think he is 
Yeah. Probably. It's gotta be, honestly. It's fucking sad, man. He was even that touchdown that got called back last year against Wake Forest when he like juked out like 14 defenders. That was unbelievable. It was just like little things like that that he did. Like people if he if he doesn't want to get tackled, like he won't get tackled. He's incredible. Definitely in the open field. I think at one point yeah. he juked out four different people in a row. Yeah. I forget what game it was, but he like caught the ball on the sideline, sent the guy flying that was covering him, and then juked three more after yeah. that. Yeah. He does this shit, man. <laughs> He's start doing it for cash. This is exactly this is what he does. Offen- offensive player of the year. Uh y- yep. Him. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> so he's, so he sweeps sweeps that. Um, what do, what do you have for defensive player of the year? Oh, you're skipping around on me here. I was ready to answer rookie of the year. My bad. Um, huh. oh, Azaraku. Okay, speak on it. Led the team in sacks. Led the team in forced fumbles. Led the teams in tackle for loss. Uh, pretty good. Tied for team lead in QB hits with four, 61 tackles, fourth on the team. Young guy. Looking forward to seeing him coming out there next year. Punched a guy at the end of the season. I mean, defensive player of the year. I love it. I love it. I took uh, – I gave the nod to the boy, Vinny De Palma. Um, mm-hmm. Led the team in solo tackles. Led the team in um, total tackles. Uh, it really was just kind of like a stability on the defense all year long. Seven uh, tackles for loss. He had a sack, um, forced fumble. You know, in a season that was really, really unfortunate, I really just felt like he was someone who took advantage of his uh, moment. Uh, obviously, he's been he's been here five years, and last year was his first kind of extended time it at really getting play uh but this year he was really kind of like the focal feature point of the um of the linebacker core uh and i i really think that 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 he just played his balls off so i, I went with him little 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 senior nod for that one i like it he's all over the place in that field mm-hmm. uh so rookie of the year uh, Mr. Moorhead, I know uh, only four starts, 10 games, though, 115 for 192, 10 touchdowns, six interceptions. He added 44 rushing attempts. Um, I got rid of the yards lost, 44 rushing attempts for 129 yards game, beat a ranked opponent, uh, looked good down the stretch where he almost beat two other opponents. So he very easily could have been three and one just as much as he was one and three. Excited to see what he can do behind an offensive line that can play at this level and not at like the high school level. Um, Emmett Morehead. I love it. I went with uh, um, I went with Joe Griffin. Great selection. Uh, let me see. Where the fuck is this boy's stats? Um, <laughs> 18, 18 catches. 234 yards and five touchdowns. So like 30% of his catches were touchdown catches. 
Um, also had the catch to uh, beat NC State, which is good in my book. So I rolled with him. I think he probably led the team in, in red zone targets too. I wish we could pull that stat up easily, but mm. I feel like they got to the red yeah. zone. They're like, hey, Joe, come on in, Joe. Red zone. Just we're going to lob it to you in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you catch mm-hmm. it or not, I don't know. We're going to try that a bunch though. Um, led to a yeah. lot of touchdowns and a great year. Yeah. <laughs> um, biggest surprise? Um, I went with Alex Broom. Uh, just because I wasn't okay. looking for anyone to compete with Garwo this year. I thought it was his backfield. Uh, then here comes Brum. Brum's, in my opinion, clearly far and beyond the better running back than Garwo this year. I mean, apples to apples, same offensive line, same person handing them the ball up against the same defense in the same situations. It's not like one was a mop-up. Uh, he had 50 carries for 235 yards, 4.5 yards of carry is what that equates to, which is good for first on the team. Didn't find pay dirt too often. One touchdown um, on the ground and one touchdown through the air. He did have 26 catches, which is tied for fourth on the team um, for 166 yards. A lot of that had to do with the 1,000 catches he had on the final drive of the season. Um, but still, fourth on the team in catches and you're leading the team in yards per carry. I wouldn't wasn't expecting that. Therefore, I'm surprised. Biggest surprise of the year, Alex Broom. I love it. Um, so I, I actually went with Donovan as mm. And the reason that I went with him, obviously you've already kind of gone through his stats. Um, but as a freshman, he played sparingly, had 19 tackles, three for loss, two sacks. So there, you know, you knew there was something there, um, but to really explode this year and be kind of their premier, um, playmaker uh with 14 14 and a half um tackles for loss i just thought that he he was you know far and away their best all-around player and he also really took over for uh shida salah who ended up missing the entire season after the rutgers game um and he was the really he was the one who really benefited uh from that playing time i i almost feel like he was better better in that uh than shida um, so that was, that was the biggest surprise for me because I was not expecting him to really fill in at such a, such a clip that he did. Yeah, he's basically our best defender and who was expecting that at the beginning of the year. So yeah, definitely a surprise. He's, yeah, he also leads the team in sacks the last two years too. Um, oh, shit, yeah. he had, he had, he had more sacks. The t- team leader in sacks last year was five, um, the team leader in tackles for loss last year was seven. So, I mean, this, this dude has outperformed, um, you know, the past, the past two years, honestly, like, dude, he's, he's been better. I mean, 2020, same thing. He's got way more. Like, I don't, I don't know if they've really had someone on, on defense like that uh, in many years. Uh, Mm -hmm. It looks like the last time, Max Richardson had 14 um, tackles for loss, but he had 14 and a half. So, I mean, you, you're going to have to keep going back a ways. I'm not going to sit here and do it, but um, yeah, I mean, he, he performed really good this year. He way outperformed um, a lot of his, you know, prior people. Okay. So here we go. So 2018, Zach Allen had uh, 15 tackles for loss. 
uh, Wyatt Ray, shout out Wyatt Ray. That's my boy too. Uh, he had nine, nine sacks. So, I mean, dude, you have to go back to 2018, five years before you can find a, find a stat sheet of someone who, who, uh, performed better. So that says something. Who's your biggest surprise? Who's your biggest disappointment? I got three. Um, <laughs> hey, that's BC's 2022 season. We're all asked to pick one award winner. And when we get to uh, biggest disappointment, Brett's like, I got three. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, I got a couple. Shoot from the I hip, got, I got, I got, <laughs> I got Phil, Connor Litton, and Patrick Garwell. All three of them are my biggest disappointments in their own in down. their own way. Knock them down one at a time for me. So, I mean, you can literally listen to any part of this podcast and see um, the reasons why Phil has just been absolutely terrible. Uh, I can, I can obviously pull it back up. I have absolutely zero problem doing this, but it's just, it's just been so, so lame. Like we've obviously talked about how clunky he looks, how out of rhythm he looks. He doesn't look like he can run. He doesn't look like he can throw. Uh, I mean, he literally had as someone who is, who has been a mobile quarterback in the past, you know, and negative 43 rushing yards this year. Uh, just really didn't do anything beneficial for this team as a whole. Um, there's really not a whole lot to get into that hasn't been said already. Uh, Connor Litton was absolutely uh, ineffective this year. Just was a terrible kicker. Uh, the, the kid that was drunk at the Clemson game was a better kicker than he is. Um, Facts. I pulled it up earlier, too. Jesus Christ, dude. I'm getting I'm getting nowhere. Uh because I have I obviously I had his stats up too. And it's just like, oh, so like you suck, suck, huh? Um <laughs> where he was just he was just fucking terrible this year, too. For someone who we thought, you know, they he was he didn't get too many opportunities to kick last year um and they really tried to kind of expand them this year and really give them the opportunity uh so last year he was he was 11 to 12 on uh field goals and this year he's 9 to 17 and his field goals were it was like atrocious. Um, like bad, bad. Like the meaty field goals. Yeah, like the 30 to 40 yards. Like those field goals should be automatic. And he was like 50% on them. So that's fucking terrible. And then Pat Garwell, man. Like what the fuck happened, dude? Um, <laughs> guy was all ACC last year. He was a thousand yard rusher. This year he had 132 attempts, 402 yards, and three yards of carry. He had Ew. three touchdowns. He was really bad, man. Um, it's funny because on the site that I use, they always they it's Pat Pat Garro the third and then Patrick Garro. So you so in order to see last year's stats, you gotta search the other name. Last year, so last year he had 205 attempts. This year he had 132, so it was less. But yeah, I mean, last year he averaged 5.1 yards a clip. He rushed for 1045 yards and then this year he literally was just terrible like we just talked about 25 yards for 80 something yards and he was like what like that's all you got 
literally that's all he got was three yards. Yeah. Yeah. Nine feet of carry. Well, I only picked one. Uh, I stuck with Phil, although I applaud all three of your selections. Phil was looking to be an NFL draft pick. He was. Mm. As in, he might not be anymore. Like That's how bad of a disappointment and how bad of a player he was this year that he is wiped mm. off the board. He's he might go undrafted and have to fight for like a practice squad position where he was looking, you know, not he wasn't going to be a seventh round pick. He was going to be higher than that. That's just the best way to put it. Now he's yeah. not going to be a pick, which is just holy slide. Mm. Um, he does have like that weird six year of eligibility. Maybe he doesn't go try. I don't know what he's going to do next year, but he might be um, bagging groceries. We don't know. If you take away all the sacks, which aren't, I don't know, 100% his fault, he did rush 68 times for 200 yards and a touchdown, but still, that's horrible rushing in itself. 68 carries for 200 yards. Like, if you start, like, breaking that down, that it takes you 34 carries to go 100 yards. That's still 3.4. You're still getting nowhere, even on, yeah, like, your, even on the carries that you gain. So, yeah, it's bad no matter how yeah. you really slice it. He just had the most disappointing season you can possibly imagine, really. Biggest slide. Putrid, man. <laughs> um, most most improved. I went with Ezraku. I know uh, he had a good. We went over some of his stats from last year to this year. I just think um, he's your best defensive player, where he wasn't last year. Um, you need mm-hmm. you, you need to look at uh, where you started and where you ended up. Um, some of the players that were really good this year, I don't really know where they started because they're freshmen. Like you don't really know where Emmett started. You don't really know where Broom started. You don't really know where Griffin started to know where they ended up for me to assess improvement. Um, so just last year, this year, I'm looking at Ezraku. Ezraku is an absolute stud. Like you said, you have to go back five plus years in tackles for loss and sacks to find someone who's done it at the level that he did it this year on a bad defense. Mm-hmm. Imagine yeah. if they imagine if he had uh you know he's rushing from the right side, someone else is rushing from the left side. That helps him. Yeah. You know, that helps. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that'll be uh Sheeta next year. Yeah. Most improved as a rocket. I, uh, I went with Alex. I went with Alex Broom, uh specifically because coming out of camp, uh he wasn't talked about, you know, too highly. It wasn't he wasn't in the camp notes as someone who was really standing out as someone who was going to come into the season to be a complete difference maker. Uh, and we saw early on uh, the success that he was having. And I felt like as the season progressed, um, he really started to kind of mature as a runner as well. Uh, I really, I really kind of liked uh, what I saw from him from game one to game 12. Um so I think that his his ultimate ceiling is a lot higher than I originally had thought. Um, you know, I, I think I was pretty unsure about what what he could be, uh, but I definitely didn't see him completely uh, overtaking Garwo. Uh, so for that for that sake, and like I said, coming out of camp, there really wasn't like too much talk about him. There wasn't like a lot of hype around him going into the season. So, uh, and honestly, he wasn't even the the he wasn't even the supposed to be the better uh recruited running back from from this class coming out so for that 
uh, for that and that that sake only i'm i'm very uh very satisfied with it absolutely product of uh coach Trent um, kind of a little random fact about alex bro yeah yeah he also flipped off the crowd last year it was great okay. uh all right play of the year um all right, quick game. So I have I have three things that I guess like whatever, uh, contestant, whatever the hell you want to call it. What's that word I'm thinking of? I'm not too sure what you're what you're about to describe. Uh, so possibilities, three answers. I have three. I have three candidates. Okay. For play of the year, um, out of these three, did you pick? Is this one of them? So for the three, I have. The three plays of the year that I thought would be candidates mm-hmm. was Zay's touchdown to break the record, uh, Joe Griffin's uh, touchdown against NC State, or the Louisville blocked extra point. I picked none of those. You picked what? I picked none of those. Okay. You want to hear my play of the year? Which yeah. You had it was in one of those games. It was in the Louisville game. Sixty-nine yard touchdown from Phil to Zay, where Zay was in double coverage, and Phil launched a bomb, and Zay jumped up over two people, caught it, and then dusted them into the end zone untouched. He Randy mm-hmm. mossed them. Mm-hmm. He made them look like little children playing in the schoolyard with him. Longest touchdown of the year. Double coverage. Just that play right there will be on his pro scout film of why his height doesn't matter. That that'll be on his montage when he whenever they whenever they talk about him too. Or yep. whenever there's any sort of like football thing that that'll always be the play. Yeah if you that, speak of Zay Flowers like his like mark marquee play. Yep. Yeah. That's why I picked it. Yeah. I just think it's the mark. If it this is the year of Zay Flowers, I could give a fuck about what else happened this year because not like in five years, in ten years, we'll look back and go, who cares that they beat NC State or who cares that they blocked an extra point and that's why they beat Louisville? Like who cares about any of that? Zay Flowers just broke the all-time NFL record for blah 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 blah. We're gonna hear Boston College every Sunday now because of Zay Flowers. Boston College, Zay Flowers coming out of Boston College, blah, 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 blah. You know, we're going to hear that forever. And that play, like you said, is is one of the reasons that we're going to hear about it. And you're right. I didn't even think about it. Every time you hear a Zay Flowers montage or see one, you'll probably see him jumping over two Louisville defenders. Although the three you picked are great. No, no not, not to take away from any of them, it's just not what I picked. Yeah. No, well, I, those weren't my uh, – I just figured those would be the – the three um so oh, i chose zay's record-breaking touchdown because i took the same strategy that you did mm. and decided that this was the year of zay so you know i, I think it just makes sense to mm-hmm. kind of um make make his play and kind of like you said like i didn't really give a fuck about the louisville block because like who cares about that game uh sick they beat nc state that was a cool whatever play but like in the end it's all it's all zay all day so mm. i went i went with those three too i just i just figured it had to have been one of those three which i was wrong so there we go yeah the the game winning one was i was sitting around thinking that for the longest time but i was like that was just one of the 29 that helped him set the record like which one of those 29 
from this year do yeah. I like the best like the, that 69 yard touchdown pass like I could if you put it yeah. on right now we would both get this like little kid smile of like oh that was sick gets me pumped. yeah yeah I feel you <laughs> you know um cool let's let's look at our let's look at the bets man I know I lost because I I actually tried tanked I, you. I tried yeah I mean I I tried I, I I tried pulling see if I could uh Pull out a last last week win against you. Didn't work. All good. What do you so what we, do you got? We were tied going into last week. You and I had dead ass the same exact numbers. And then last week I went three and one and you went one and three. We both missed on the prop bet of who would score first, because fucking BC decided to score first for the first time all year. Uh whatever. We lost that one. Um, I actually threw a, a real life uh <laughs> bet of cookies. I, I bet a hundred cookies that BC with the points and the over would hit. So I was sitting around all nervous and stuff. And then they threw that touchdown to Zay. So not only did it set the record, but won me like 300 cookies. So um, I was happy. I was, I was eating well. Really? Um, yeah. I figured why not F it. Right. Um, but yeah. So on the season, I had drink the bet with uh, an online resource. Okay. You can talk off air. <laughs> um, 21. Correct. <laughs> 13 incorrect one push uh we pushed last week with one of our props um or no we didn't push with the prop we pushed uh weeks back um there was an over under that was the, we hit the exact over under number you had 19 correct 15 incorrect and of course that one push so pretty good on the air when you're getting more right than you are wrong if you bet strategically that will work out in your favor and i gotta say um we probably got a lot right on uh money line because it's easy to pick who's going to win. But two of those, we actually got wrong. We got wrong the NC state game. Um, and you got wrong the BC versus Syracuse one. So um, not as all easy as you think, if you play your bets, correct. Um, you can be right. And also if you fade correctly, you can also be right. So hopefully you as the listener uh, followed us when it was right to follow us and faded us when it was right to fade us. And if you have a problem with gambling, call one eight hundred and gambling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just don't fucking do that shit. Call call someone. Call someone you love. They'll get you into treatment. I know a couple guys. Hit me up. I'll hook you up. Yeah, DMBC band. Cool. Need help. Yeah, we're all about recovery, man. Mm. Just had six years sober, dude. Fuck yeah! Congratulations. Crazy. Thank you, man. Thank you. I was talking about I was talking about this this kid earlier. Um, we were like going going through the book before we started recording, and he was like, "Dude, you have six fucking years." I'm like, "I know, wild, right?" Mm. He's like, "Dude, like I I just want to get six months." I'm like, "Dude, you can." You know? Someone's hoping out there for six days. It's possible, you know. Everyone's got to start somewhere. Yeah. Six days and bro, six months and six years. Bro, so you'll just... be sixteen. Dude, I used to sit in the back of the meeting just like looking at people like I just I just want to be okay till tomorrow. Like right. if I could just, you know, it's fucking crazy. Um now look at you. See <laughs> now we get the we got the podcast for Boston College Athletics. So fuck with that, people. Anything's yeah. possible, baby. If anyone got if anyone got an issue, hit us up. We'd be more than happy to help. Pete Pete was in that field for many years too. Mm. Um, cool. So I mean, yeah, that that wraps us up um, for the football season. 
Uh, wow. Yeah, that that's it. Um, so we'll have an episode. You know, we, we were just talking about this. I don't know when, but in the next couple of weeks, uh, probably towards the end of December, like the holidays, give or take, uh, we'll release another episode uh, talking about some hoop and some hockey. Um, we're going to take a couple of weeks off from here, though. It, it has been a bit of a grind over the course of this past 12 weeks. So we want a little bit of a break for now, um, but we will be back. Um, be on the lookout. We'll kind of talk through that. And I think during like the course of the winter seasons, I think it's going to be more so on of like a, a need basis uh, when we decide to kind of release some content, um, you know, whether it's like storylines that are progressing or things that are coming about or, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, but we'll also, you know, just continue to interact on social media and provide that type of stuff. Cause that, that, that's probably been the funnest part of all this. Um, so yeah, we'll probably have some more information at least, at least, uh, on our next episode at the end of December, uh, where we'll kind of have a clearer vision of what, what we want to do this winter. Um, Final remarks on the 2022 season for me. Um, bittersweet. Um, really grateful that we were able to kind of get this going. Uh, thank you for coming along with this on with me and uh, heading this up. It's certainly been a lot of fun. It's just the beginning. Um, for the football season, uh, very much huge disappointment. Um, was not expecting that one. Um, I don't think, I don't think a lot of people were, I think that it's been very tough um, on a lot of people just because I think the expectations were, were so high and, you know, it's, it's one thing when you, when you just miss your expectations, it's another thing when you just crash and burn on your expectations, mm -hmm. which they did the latter. So that that's been really uh, kind of tough to stomach, tough to swallow, uh, tough to accept. I think that's probably the biggest thing thing is it's really been hard to like accept that this was a three and nine football team um i don't currently see the light at the end of the tunnel yet you know typically you look into the next season and you're like well we got this we got this we got this you know we're playing this opponent um it's still very early i mean the, we literally just uh put the final nail in the coffin two days ago mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it is tough to kind of see, you know, hopefully over the off season, we kind of see it progress a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that, that, those are my final remarks. What do you got, buddy? Yeah. I would like to echo some of the sentiments you made at the beginning of your final remarks. Um, been a really cool ride. I honestly never suspected I'd be behind the microphone talking, uh, sports on a podcast. I figured I would just be sitting mm. on a couch trash talking my friends uh, about sports. Um, mm. So it's a, it's a blessing to even have a, an, a small audience of media, you know, whatever the hell we have. Um, I just, I'm just blessed to be able to sit here and talk to you about it. So I'd like to say thank you to anyone who sure. has listed anyone who has interacted with us um, uh, just for, and, and thank you for appreciating DC sports uh, without you guys. I'm sure the the team would, would be far less. Um, your student section at BC basketball games is popping student section at BC football games is popping. Anytime you see a, 
uh, a ranking list of college football fans, no matter how bad we are at sports, we're always a top ranked fan section. So, um, you know, shout out to all the people who love and support the team, the alumni who went to the school and support the school after the fact, um, going to the games, you know, interacting with some of the current students on social media and just kind of, you know, letting them know that they've seen this before and to hang in there. Um, so, so that's all, that's all cool. So I'd like to do more of that. And like you said, it's just the beginning. Uh, we celebrate our three month mark, what in December you're on six years sober We're th- three years record three months recording. So, uh, we learned a lot. It's been quite the experience. So thank you to, thank you to everyone who's been on the ride with us. Amen, dude. Um, all right. With that said, we have uh, obviously Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter uh, at BC Banter Pod. Um, you can email us at bcbanterpod at gmail.com. Uh, love getting feedback, questions, uh, just interacting with people on all, all sorts of um, platforms. Keep that coming. Um, really appreciate it. And big thank you to those who, who have so far. Uh, once again, at BC Banter Pod. And with that, uh, episode 18 is in the books. Slam that door shut, baby. Uh, slam the sh- door shut on the season. Um, basketball, hockey, football next year. And as always, go Eagles. Roll Eagles. you